You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Carl Anthony Towns starting to dominate this game, Jerry. Towns has been the story. Boy, he's had- we've done that all year. We've you know we've got six guys averaging in double figures. So I think the unselfishness has been there all year, and so we got to continue to do that. And then defensively, we got to keep working at it, and we 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 understand how important that is. He's having a terrific year, and you know I know a lot of people try to measure you know scoring the, the scoring from last year. And the important thing for him is the winning, and that's that's where he's had great impact. And he's, I think he's starting to get understand uh, what's going on in the game a lot better in terms of positioning, uh, and I think that'll continue to get better and better as we go here. You know why Carl Anthony Towns always takes two or three steps at a time when he's going up a flight of stairs, Judd? Why is that, Because he's Mr. Efficiency. You know, he oh. always picks two-day shipping because he is Dave, Mr. Dave, Efficiency. I need your help, Dave. Mm-hmm. Mr. Efficiency, Carl Anthony Towns. Care to help me out here again? Yeah. Uh, does he pick two-day shipping because he's got Amazon Prime, or he just pays the extra? Oh, well, he could do either oh, or. By the way, by the way, don't mention that. I'm going broke right now. Every day. <laughs> got Prime? Every day, three packages in front. Do you know how many boxes are in my... When I get them out there, to stick them in recycling... for you, or is it just stuff for her? She, the shipping's free. I mean, it's a great she deal. She redid the upstairs bedroom. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. It looks nice, but my God, if if I don't have to take oh, and by the way, the other problem is this: they only recycle every other week in St. Louis Park. So oh, you, you just got have cardboard a, just piled yes, up. Yes, build a fort. <laughs> Invite the family over. I just I told her, can we please be done? Can we please be? Done? I can't take it anymore. Well, I mean, why don't you show some appreciation if she's redoing the bedroom and you're clearly not helping, you're just complaining. No, I said it looks very nice, but like you guys just, I got cardboard piled up on cardboard. And because they only come every other week, I can't get rid of it quick enough. Listen, women want to feel appreciated, okay? I told her it looks great, but can we be done? And and that's the other thing. We're getting it piece at a time. So we get a cardboard box one day with something to put like a skirt over the over something the covers are closed and then the next day we get a bed sheet and then the next day we get another bed sheet. Yeah, see, see Carl Anthony Towns gets all of the packages yeah. at once because he's Mr. Efficiency. does it right. He's Mr. Efficiency. A lot less to recycle. Now, he does two or three steps at a time. I mean, you would know from a guy who just climbed 53, is that the most efficient? Because it seems like you'd get a lot ti- a lot more tired more quickly. I'm only able to do one at a time because I'm too short. Yeah, you've got stubby little legs. I yeah, get that. So I can only do one at a time. But if I were able to... If I were able to take fewer steps, I would do so. Like, it took me probably 1,500 steps to go up to the top of the Capella building. It would have taken Carl Anthony Towns about five. So you can't get two steps at once? Uh, depends on the stairwell. I did some looking up this morning, though, on our friend Mr. Efficiency, Carl Anthony Towns, who last night, yeah. late night game against the Kings, I'm sure a lot of people went to bed, probably didn't watch it. Uh, he played 39 minutes and missed one shot. He went... 9 of 10 from the field for 26 points. That's right. It only took him 10 shots to score 26 points. It took his teammate 15 shots to get to 22 points, which is actually a pretty efficient night by 
Wigan standards. Yep. So Towns gives you one missed shot, 26 points, 17 boards, four assists, a couple of steals, a couple of blocks. Uh, he did turn the ball over a few times, but just out of curiosity in trying to prove my point about efficiency here, that it's not all about points per game. It's not all about total points. And you're you're playing a game that's that's capped at 48 minutes, and so your shot attempts are capped. You can't take an unlimited number of shots. So if you can score more points and fewer attempts, that's ideal, right? You're not, you're not looking to have five volume scorers on the court at any given time. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns has 4,800 career points now. Mm-hmm. When Allen Iverson got to 4,800 career points, it took him a 1,000 more field goal and free throw attempts than it took Carl Anthony Towns. Think about that. A thousand more. Well, Iverson, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Yeah, because he takes 50 attempts to get to 30 points. Towns took 10 attempts last night. Yep. Got 26 points. Yep. And I'll repeat that again. He got to 4,800 career points in this last week. Mm-hmm. If you take Iverson at the same amount of total points, mm-hmm. Towns reached that milestone if you combine field goal and free throw attempts in 1,000 fewer hurls at the hoop. Hall of Fame player, right there. Honest, though, he no, is. No, I'm not joking. He's a no, Hall of Famer. He, he's if, a if, Hall he, of Fame if he player. stays healthy, he's, a Hall, he's one of the yes. He's one of the all-time 25 he greats. He has elements of his game he can definitely improve, but he is a Hall of Fame talent without question. You'd yes. have to admit Towns is a bit of an advantage with the height and the fact that he can shoot from outside versus... AI, who is your height, Phil? Oh, for sure. If you could, if you're seven feet tall and you can shoot from that far out, then you're going to be it's still amazing. But just right. remember that Iverson was like three feet tall. Correct. But Iverson's regarded as one of the great scorers of all time. Yes. Right. Hey, I'm down here. Give me the ball. And Towns is like the third most shot attempts on his own team. Yeah. So he's part fantastic. of this is to point out, hello, he should never take five fewer shots a game than. Jeff Teague or Andrew Wiggins. And this will be, give this guy the ball. And this will be changed now as long as uh, Jimmy Butler is out. Let me, okay, as a show that likes to prevent problems from happening, and, and as a show that, while we do second guess, likes to first guess, I have a simple question. You're about to play eight very difficult games. You are in a, you're, you're about to enter an incredibly tough stretch in which we now know making the playoffs is going to be far more difficult than it was a week ago when Jimmy Butler was healthy. Why did Carl Anthony Towns play 40 minutes last night, essentially? <laughs> I'm, de- I'm dead serious here. Blown leadophobia. But Tom, we gotta Tom get- Thibodeau it has a disease, and it's it's the disease of fearing blowing 20-point leads with 45 seconds to go. Right. That team was harmless last night, even against the right. Jimmy Butler-less Wolves squad. They were up by 20 points for the majority of the game, second half, and he just has this this. Fear of blowing 20-point leads. They, I, that's, that's the only way to explain it. They pulled away comfortably in the third quarter. But, I mean, this is this is an issue. Like, last night's an issue. It is pretty amazing that you can watch your key, you're probably the most important player next to Derrick Rose of your entire head coaching career, go down with a meniscus injury after publicly complaining or at least mentioning yeah. minutes a month earlier. And taking the All-Star, out the All-Star game, game off. So, like, a lot yeah. of Jimmy Butler has had some knee things. He missed some games. Red flags. It's clearly a talker. And he goes down with a meniscus injury. And the very next game, with a 20-point lead, you still run Towns out there for 39 minutes. Taj Gibson. This is the biggest workload of Taj Gibson's career. Uh, Taj Gibson played 35 minutes last night. In a game that was never in question, they went with an eight-man rotation against the Kings. I don't mean to be heartless here. And, And Taj Gibson has had a really nice year. But personally, I don't care about Taj. 
Like, if you burn Taj out, go for it. You're going to replace him. Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, you're about, you are about to play eight very difficult games in, in which I would assume that you're going to want to max uh, Cat's playing time. Furthermore, Carl Anthony Towns, as we just got done talking about, is a Hall of Fame talent, a guy that you want to be on your team for a really long time. It's nights like last night where I say to myself, this just doesn't make any sense. And I think you're right about Tibbs, but that's really ridiculous. We know where Phil Mackey stands, but it's time to find out who else has joined him on the I'm Done with Andrew Wiggins bandwagon. I think there's a chance you might join me here, okay? I'm trying to get you on this bandwagon. So this is step-up time for our guy, Andrew, right? 22 points on 8 of 15 from the field. All right, that's cool. It's a nice little night offensively. 37 minutes, he found one rebound mm-hmm. and two assists. He found it. He found one rebound last night now, in 37 minutes. Now, I believe I said this on the Saturday show with Collar two weeks ago, and I don't know if I have run this by you yet, but I actually do have a very good use for this young man, and I think I think considering the country he's from, it might work out perfectly. Andrew Wiggins is employed by the wrong professional sports team in this town. He would be a perfect wild player. He could cherry pick at the, he could cherry the center pick. ice. He's got talent. I think he pouts. He's Thomas Vanek in some He's way. not really confident. He's Canadian, so he's probably really good at hockey. He can probably skate. I believe that he should be employed at in St. Paul at the XL Energy His demeanor Center. would fit right in, right? Oh, that's what I'm saying. When, yeah. when times get tough, he gets going. <laughs> Hangs the head. Sometimes, yeah. Hangs the, well, by, by get going, I, I mean, he starts to pout. I think he'd be perfect. I believe that he should be, if I was the Wild, I would work out a deal with the Wolves today. Andrew would be playing left wing with Koivu tonight against the Blues. And aren't hockey players big time into into napping? Like they, they do the little well, they, skate around in the morning thing. Darn straight they are. And then they take a big nap. I mean, Wiggins would have to shift the time because sometimes he's napping actually during the game. But So if you could just oh, get no, him to nap do, earlier. He could do it during the game. Okay. He'd you be know, fine. Get him a nap earlier in the afternoon. He's a Wild player. How does it sound? Stole. Over to Grandland. To Wiggins, back to Granlin, looks to Wiggins. He skates around. He skates around some more. He skates around some more. <laughs> He's still circling. And he shoots from 40 feet away from the goal. It so if he was a hockey player, he would just take shots from... He would just take shots from the blue line, basically, like just inside I, the blue line. He'd, he'd have lining the up for slap shots. Let's wow. do. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. I challenge you for tomorrow, Dave. You find a Wiggy soundbite and play it against any number of wild soundbites after they lose a game. It fits in perfect. Well, we just tried hard, and um, I mean, I got to do more. I know, but uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult out there. Sounds like Mauer. No, that's more whiny. <laughs> Or it used to be. I like Joe now. Anyway, my point being, Wiggy would fit in perfect at the place I'll be tonight. Yeah, tonight. Uh, this is this is the big statement too, and that they did. We haven't even talked trade deadline fallout here. <laughs> let's do that, let's do that when we come back here. All right. Uh, it's it's the first time. Usually they make some sort of a move to boost. Last year they, you know, they were pretty aggressive. This year it's basically uh, let it ride. They actually lost a couple pieces. Uh, they're going to let it ride. Yeah, let's they're okay get, with that. Let's get your thoughts on that. We also have some fun audio to play. When a national NFL reporter has to say goodbye in the middle of a radio segment, 
how would you react? And uh, a guy from Washington, D.C. had a certain way of reacting. So we'll do that as well. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. This is what it's all about, gentlemen. It's what we train for. On 1500 ESPN. All right, is this going to be uh, the real Judd or Juddbot reacting to the trade deadline? Juddbot have thoughts? I think it's just the real Judd. Juddbot was kind of bored with everything yesterday, to be honest. Juddbot really didn't give me much today. Well, he should have been bored with it. Well, what does the real Judd have to say about the NHL trade deadline? Paul Stastny, big yeah. name. And the Blues, now Now there, there were rumors right after the Blues made that trade that the Yozies were going to make some more moves uh, that were going to make them more competitive, but they did not. I don't get what the Blues are doing. The Blues look like they're basically bailing, which I don't. I think they're only like a point back of a playoff spot. So that made no sense to me. Uh, the Wild did exactly what I think they should have done, which was essentially stand pat. I mean, they put Chris they put Chris Stewart on waivers on Sunday and lost him to Calgary, which is fine. That clears salary cap space. They sent Mike Riley, who when he signed with the Wild in 2015, we were all excited about because he had been an All America for the Gophers, and we were convinced he was going to be great. Uh, he ends up getting traded for a 2019 fifth-round pick hmm. to Montreal. Hmm. But the Wild did, for for Fletcher to be in the in the last year of his contract, the Wild did exactly the right thing, which is you don't give away more draft picks, you don't trade your prospects. There was no one player, there's no one guy that's going to come on this roster and change your team. The only thing that I, the only piece that I could put together, though, from the lack of any urgency with moves is potentially this. I wonder if Fletcher has either gotten a contract extension or been promised one. Because he certainly didn't act like a GM in the last year of his contract. That type of, I mean, if you really thought that your job that your job was on the line, you very well might try and justify some type of trade yeah, to but, improve but, your team. But that's but, I think, but I'm good with them not doing it, and I think it's smart. I also think, I mean, Dave Dombrowski is a great example with the Tigers. His contract was about to run out, and instead of going crazy a few off-seasons or a few uh, trade deadlines ago, he said to the owner, who Mike Illich, who wanted him to be aggressive, yeah. he said, hey, maybe this is to the detriment of my future with the Tigers. Well, but, David Price, right? Right, but I want to look out for the future of this organization, so it's possible that just because Chuck Fletcher has an expiring contract, that he's not going to trade every draft pick just, in the future to reckless grab Reckless speculation on, on my part. Is it also possible, that the, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they made a couple moves at last year's deadline, and then it took them, they, they just didn't seem like the same team after the deadline? Well, the Martin Hansel trade now, Martin Hansel, in retrospect, I've had a ton of people come back and say that trade was terrible. He's not that good. But if you recall, I think I think that trade was made when we were getting on the plane to come home from spring training. And we found out about it. And people were really excited. I mean, now, in retrospect, a lot of folks w- will go back because he didn't do that well. But you gave up a first-round pick. You gave up, I think, ultimately three draft picks, a prospect who wasn't great. But the point being is... You gave up future assets for for what you thought would be a third-line center who was going to come in and help you. You won one game in the playoffs, and Hansel, in those five games against the Blues, had one goal. You can't keep repeating that process. So the smart play was to do exactly what the Wild did, and by subtracting uh, Stewart and Riley's contract, you also freed up some salary cap space because you're pretty much up against it to, I think, sign Greenway. I think they're going to sign... When, when uh, BU season comes to its conclusion here in a few weeks, I think they're going to sign Greenway and plug him in, which will help and which is a good move. But this was the right play. There were a lot of teams that made moves. Uh, there were teams that made weird moves. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo thought that they were going to get a, a, a lot for Evander Kane. They sent him to Cal, uh, to uh, the Sharks for 
not much. Um, but the Wild did what the Wild should have done, which was essentially tell this core group of players, if you guys can advance in the playoffs, more power to you, but we're not going to bring in more guys. Yeah, because it's really, this is still Zach Parisi, Miko Koivu, I mean, Eric Stahl, the last couple of, this is their team. This is so there's and there's not enough cap room to really pull off some you you weren't going to pull off a huge heist it's not no. like you have the assets to do that as, yesterday as far as I'm concerned the core group of this team right now which is playing well for the past four games or five games uh, the core group of this team this is Eric Stahl's team it's Granlin's team Zucker is a streaky goal scorer but his good streaks are very good they're gonna you're gonna be told time and time again that Koivu does all these things but Koi, the thing that that I see when I go to games is, especially with Koivu and Parisi, this league is now so fast that players move at such a speed, and Parisi especially. Parisi, in the past few games, his instincts are really good, and he's getting to the right place, places, and he is, Phil, the best I can explain it, is getting there a tick too late. Mm -hmm. I mean, a split second too late. Parisi, to me, is playing really well, but the league moves at such a rapid rate now that that he's getting there and the puck has just moved. Well, he was 29 when he signed. Now he's 34 in multiple procedures. And back surgery, yes. So it's not, yeah, that's probably a good theory. You know, because Granlund, guys like Granlund, Zucker, they get, they get to a play as it's happening and or a tick before it happens. And it seems like Koivu and Parisi get there and you're like, you're just a second too late. So then uh, now, now that we know what they're... You know what their strategy was. The trade deadline came and went. They weren't sellers. They weren't really. I mean, they they weren't sellers or buyers in the traditional sense. They did they did say goodbye to Chris Stewart and to and to Mike Riley, but they they stood pat basically. Yes. So what's the best case scenario now? When you do factor in that hockey is hockey, so it's not often times that the best team, the number one seed, wins at all. And sometimes you get the six, seven, eight seeds that go to the Stanley Cup final. So. There's a number of possibilities, and there's a certain percentage of hockey being hockey. Realistically, so what is the best case scenario for this team? Realistically, with with what I consider to be a good coach, uh, the best case is you win around. Now, because the one thing, the one difference is hockey is hockey, but when you get to the playoffs, there are strategies and formulas, and it it sort of depends on on which team you play. And there's a lot of teams in this Western Conference that are really good and really physical and really tough. And the Wilds, not. The the Wild would have, if they played a team like the Blues again, if they play Nashville, I think they're going to have, or or the Jets especially, I think they're going to have a problem getting to the net again. This The same problem. So if you're being completely realistic about their chances, and if they're playing, not out of this world, but if they're playing well, I think the realistic expectation is that they could win a round. Yeah. And that's about it. Uh, Hugh chimes in and says, if Judd was being honest, a lot of us fans hated last year's trade when it happened, but the media tried to tell us how great of an all-in move it was. Yeah, that, I've been told that by a lot of folks now, and I don't remember that. I don't remember anybody tweeting us or emailing us at the time saying, this trade is awful. That That's what I'm saying. I, think- I don't remember I don't remember an, a pushback that was universal against that trade. And I think in general, even if it's a different sport, baseball, the general fan consensus is to mortgage the future to win now. I think if you were to, like any random situation, yeah, should should this favorite team of yours mortgage this part yeah. of the future to win now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the answer is almost always yes, right? Should you trade these four prospects for yeah. Chris Archer? Yes. Uh, should, should, should you trade 
these draft picks for this quarterback or this player? And yes is usually the answer. So the only person looking out for the future is oftentimes the general manager who has to play bad cop in that regard. And Chuck mm-hmm. Fletcher didn't last year. Not mm-hmm. at all in was a all in would be like trading multiple first round picks for years or something or sure. trading uh, I, yeah, like I or trading Greenway or somebody. But if, if you recall the the as I think back on this, the trade market last year was not great, and Hansel was a top guy. This year, I seem I think that that there, there was actually more on available on the market this time around. I recall last year that Hansel was deemed to be in demand by lots of teams, but you know you and and last year was entirely different too. I want to say that you had. Seven to ten more points at that time than you did this year. You were en route to a hundred six point season. Your team looked really, really good. And what happened was they started to struggle in March. They got they got Hansel and started to struggle. So this team, to me, they're playing well right now. But this has not had the feeling of a year ago, where when you got to the deadline a year ago, we were talking about serious Stanley Cup contention. That has not been brought up this time around. Did the uh, I, I can't believe Stastny's been. Stastny was with St. Louis for like four years. Weren't there rumors when Stastny? So Stastny was one of the pests in that Colorado series yeah, a few he years was ago. With the abs. But weren't there some rumors that in free agency he was thinking about that there was some flirtation with the Wild? Oh, or am I imagining that? No, I feel like that happened four years been. ago. There could have been. Yeah, because I think he went. If I'm not mistaken about this, I think he went St. Louis, went to Colorado, and back to St. Louis. But I can't figure out the blues because that deal that deal without getting something back for him basically they got two draft picks and a prospect that reeks of coach and player hating each other or something it reeks of something but then you ordinarily would think that you try and replace that guy right they didn't try and replace him unless you just don't think are they if the playoffs started today would they be on the outside yeah, they're, so I think they're point out right now. It's possible that they're doing what we kind of advised the wild to do like a month ago when they were on the outside looking in which is hey I mean Eric Stahl is better than Paul Stastny but um, that's what the, that's what instead of the Blues said instead of trying to make a trade to get back into contention, it looks like they made a trade to say all right, let's just regroup for next year. But a fifth round pick for 2019, yeah, that's what I'm saying is hmm. it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. The the other problem that, that the Wild would have in the playoffs if they started now is this Stahl Granlund Zucker line looks fantastic together, but that's their line. And guess what? In a seven game playoff series, you're going to have probably a pretty good uh, defensive center put against that line. So if that line gets shut down a bit, who takes over? The Koivu line? Koivu? He's your second-line center. <laughs> That's your problem. Uh, when's the, How many goals does Koivu have lately? We haven't done a Miko Koivu scoring update. Is he at a 10 on the season? Does he have 10? Your he Chris Stewart right prediction, you mocked me and write that down a couple months <sighs> ago. And Chris second, Stewart got off to a hot start. Yeah, and he you, had like six goals in October. And you predicted 25 yeah. goals for the season. And yeah. I said, he won't get to 15. He's at like 9. I know, yeah. It all fell apart for him. Well, but that's he's never... I guess he scored 20 at Stewie one point. would have been a Hall of Fame player if he had played circa 1985. Give me two seconds here. I'll, I'll find the Miko Koivu watch for you because it is a good question. I'm curious myself. Okay. We'll just play... Uh, we'll play some elevator music here for you. Go ahead. Hey, Hartford Whalers fans. Uh, Miko Koivu. Miko, Miko, where are you? Oh, nope. He's not at 10 yet. 62 games. Nine goals, 22 assists. But I guarantee you, he leads the league right now in one category, kicked out of the faceoff circle. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's leading. I guarantee you, he leads the league in being kicked out of the faceoff circle. Uh, Eric Stahl has thirty goals, by the way. Uh, let's let's come back. We got some fun audio here when we come back here. When radio host gets mad at national NFL reporter, and also the NFL is considering actually taking college football up on a particular rule that we've known for a long time. So we'll do that to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. They're not teaching uh, Sunday school class in terms of morality. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, before we get to this uh, Ian Rappaport thing, DJ emails the show. Judd, why are you constantly ripping the wild? You're so negative. <laughs> They're playing good. They had their best regular season last year. They have some very solid pieces in their lineup, and they, there's a lot of there, there, there uh, spelling violations here. That's one of my Uh-oh. biggest pet peeves, but uh-huh. we'll ignore that. Well, that, and they're playing well. They're not playing good. That's true, yeah. Uh, they have some very solid pieces in their lineup, and they have some outstanding prospects. Not that they are unrippable, and he lists Fletcher and Koivu. <laughs> they didn't spell Koivu right, though. Come but they on, are DJ. playing well. Last year's trade was horrible. Look at Hansel's stats prior to joining the Wild. He is junk. Why are you constantly ripping well, hold the on. wild? Wait, 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 you wait. are very negative. Wait, so so he rips me for ripping the wild, and then he rips me at the end for defending the wild a bit on the Hansel trade. That's correct. I don't think I have to comment beyond that. No, you do. You're ripping a team that's playing well. Right, but last he, year they made a horrible DJ, move, but you said, hey, great job, Wild. You made a horrible move. But then DJ says at the end that, I, that, that I'm that i wrong not to rip the Wild. So should I rip him for, for the Hansel trade now in retrospect? Is that what you would like? No, I think he just says you're an idiot. And <laughs> That's what his emails usually say, so I assume that's what he's going yeah, for. Yeah, no, he doesn't hear. He doesn't hear. But uh, one, Koivu's name. you got to spell that right. Uh, two... I'm constantly ripping them because I expect more from them. They're they're like my oldest child. I have expectations for them. I, I want them to be better than me. I want them to go to college. I want them to succeed. And yet time and time again, I get a call from the cops late at night that they've been caught doing something or that they have gone into a... I'm really curious to see starting tonight how they play now. Because what we talked about last Friday is them. The trade deadline's approaching. Okay, everybody, let's let's pull together and let's play well. Okay, the deadline's now done. Are you going to continue to play well, or are you? Boudreaux says Boudreaux, in a roundabout way, has has said this at least twice, if not three times, in the last week, which is we can be pretty good when we're not pouting mm-hmm. or sulking. So that's why I'm. I expect more from them, DJ. I think so. If I could, if I could take DJ's email and take it a step further, I think so. I rip Andrew Wiggins all the time, but I balance it out by also praising Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler and in general, like, you know, think the Wolves are going in the right direction. I think people sense your wild angst and see a team that's gone to the playoffs for the last half decade has uh-huh. come up short of expectations for sure, mm-hmm. but that you don't, there's nothing on the team that you love or like, there's nothing that you say, even though they there's things that they, that they're good at because they go to the playoffs Maybe Bruce Boudreaux. I was going to say Boudreaux. I've given him a pass all year long. And then I get notes saying, don't give him a pass. He's one of the best coaches in the NHL. He's done a hell of a job. He's done a hell of a job. And then when you look at how how Yo essentially handled the same group of players and the ups and downs and constant problems, and then Boudreaux, it's entirely different. And so I have praised him. And by the way, I believe since the game against the Devils last week, he has separated Suter and Spurgeon. Glory be to God. Ryan Suter is playing with Matthew Dumba 
And Spurgeon, I think, has been playing with the Sealer kid who's played well, Eden Prairie kid, and he's played well. But I just expect more. And they signed, keep in mind, too, this is a team that I praise the day they signed Parisian Suter to 13-year contracts. But I got to be honest, I, Phil, I expected more than the second round. And now with Parisi, I, I, th- I think it's entirely too late. With Suter, it, uh, it might not be. But when they signed those contracts, there was nobody who sat here at that time saying, you know what, all they got to do is make the playoffs now. Those contracts have been successful in that they took a team in, in a region that you're expecting around the country hockey to be dominant at best and competent you know, at worst. And you, you made them competent. You put them on the map as a relevant team year after year. So it was successful in that regard, and it and it's still generating excitement to this day. It was a failure in that to not even go to the conference finals over that stretch. It was at this point like it's it's a failure in that regard. It's a it's a success if you worked uh, for for the most part. It's been a success if you worked in the Wilds business operations department. If you work in ho- hockey ops, it's a failure. But but, but I would say uh, if you if you're a fan. At least it's been more fun to watch the team the last five or six years than Absolutely. it otherwise would have been. Absolutely, but but the conversations that we had, I think it's now four years back at least, when they beat the Abs, upset the Abs in seven games in that first round series, never were about, man, I hope in four or five years they're still scuffling to, to either A, get into the playoffs, or if they get in, in the playoffs, they might win a round or two. Those conversations were about this is a team that had the talent at that time with a young core, which is now not young, to go to the conference finals. Okay, so just to show email or DJ and uh, people who think that you're way too negative on the Wild, that it's not, it's not always the case. Give us, see, so you're holding a Wild flag right That's now, too. He's waving a Wild flag. State of hockey. Or waving hockey a White flag. Right there. It's a White flag. It's a White flag yes, he's waving. But get my caribou coffee. What are, besides that. Bruce Boudreau, what are two or three other things that you really like about a team that has gone to the playoffs now for more than a half decade straight. And you can't say the arena. I think Bob Kurtz is a really good play-by-play guy in radio. Nope, doesn't uh, count. Okay, all right. I'll give you one. Things about the I'll franchise, the Fletcher, Ch- Here, hey, hey, hey. Here's one. Here's one where I was entirely incorrect because I thought the move was a suspect move and it's turned out to be fantastic. The Eric Stahl sighting. Eric Stahl has proven to be, that was a guy who went from having a bad year in Carolina to being traded to the Rangers. The Rangers moved him, He was he's a center to wing, and they signed him around the age of 30, I believe, 31 at the time, and I thought to myself, this is the move. Eric Stahl has 30 goals this year, and Eric Stahl has, has I wouldn't say, he's certainly not an elite top-line center, but he is a number one center, and he has played fantastic. Mm-hmm. So... Eric Stahl. I mean, this is one of the be- better seasons of his career, right? I mean, he's been he's been absolutely throwback. He's been absolutely fantastic. So that's a move that worked out really well. Um, it's I big of you to compliment a guy who's an all star and a thirty goal scorer on having a good season. No, it was but so I said, painful for you. But I that. said at the time, at the time, if you remember, selective listener. I said that I did not think that was a great move, and it I proved know. to be a very good move. So I am. Phil has asked me to find two or three things, and I am doing my damnedest to do this. It would have been very impressive for you to stick to your guns on that argument. So congratulations on flip flopping. I'm just <laughs> on saying, what? well done. <laughs> on stall. On, on sticking I'm, to your guns. Say, if you had still said it's a horrible move, thirty oh, goals no, and all star. No, 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 no. You've got to be willing to admit, unlike some folks in this market, you have to be willing to admit when you're wrong. And on that, I was wrong. Let me get next. <laughs> Oh, and this is the other one. 
This is the other one. Change caused by the Mackie and Judd show right there. We got the goal count. song. Yes, it does. No, it's about yes, the it team, not, not the game Hey, operations. you know what? You know what? It's, it's, a, it's a change still for the better. Uh, another one is this. If you want me to be positive. That's, That's the, the, it, right? This is just an exercise. This is like therapy. This is just an exercise. Okay, another thing I'm positive about is, is although this... Although this core group of formerly young players who are now aging and somewhat some disappointing, I think the next wave with uh, Jordan Greenway is going to be good. He's a six foot six power forward. He is a top six forward. He's a guy who's going to, if the Wild is sensible about this, he's a guy who the second he joins your franchise will never play a game in Iowa, will play for your big league team right away, and will be either probably to start with a second line winger. And I think he's going to be an absolute. Fantastic pro, and he's the type of guy in a playoff series, by the way, who can get to the net. He's exactly what you don't have. Charlie Coyle should be that guy, but wow, Charlie's been disappointing. I think he's at eight goals. He's been a real, real letdown. Here's my beef with a uh, non-hockey guy with his beef uh, about Charlie Coyle. Like I can look at, I can look at Mikhail Granlin even when he's not necessarily playing well, and tell you, like I know, I know what his game is. Okay, he's he's looking to distribute. He mm-hmm. is. He's kind of a he's a good collaborator on the ice. Uh, he's he uses his speed and his ability to try and put other people in good spots. And then you know when it comes down to it, he's able to get in spots himself to score goals. Mm-hmm. Zach Parisi, you know exactly what his game is. He is a blue collar worker. He's going to get into the corners, puck possession guy. Agreed. You can play this game with uh, with different players on the roster. I don't know what Charlie Coyle's game is supposed to be. I don't know. That I don't Charlie know if Coyle he knows, knows what the it answer is. to that question. Like, does he know? He's like a basketball player. He reminds me of of uh, like Eddie Griffin's, and I bring his name up all the time because he thinks Eddie he's Griffin. supposed to shoot threes, but then he's not really sure. Is he supposed to rebound? He's a talent. He's seven feet tall and he's athletic and he can shoot a little bit, but you know could what never Charlie form his game. What is Charlie Coyle's game? I don't think Charlie Coyle knows the answer to that question, and I think his game ideally should be to be a a power forward winger type, but he doesn't have. I don't think he has the personality for it. He he's as close to Wiggins as you could possibly get when it comes to looking at him and 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 especially when his game is going well and saying, oh, yep, that's it. And then there's huge and not not just small periods of time. There's huge periods of time where it disappears. Wiggins and Coyle to me are very similar because your expectation for them is so rarely really met. I think they're the same very much down to personalities where I think they're good guys. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're real alphas, and they and their games at least come off as being being very passive for what they should be. Yeah, and with Wiggins, I think I mean alpha is one way to you know to describe guys. I I would even because that can be kind of misconstrued. I think Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler are desperate to be great and almost have this repulsion when it comes to failure. They just don't. It disgusts them to think about not being the best. I don't think it disgusts Andrew Wiggins. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is desperate to be one of the best players in the NBA. I think he'd like to be. It's weird. And it would be nice if he were in his mind. It's weird because there there are some guys who, who they get off the field or the ice or the court and they're really nice guys and the games start and they're a bear to play against. And then there's some guys whose personalities don't change. And Coyle and Wiggins, to me, the personalities don't really change. Yeah, that's interesting. They're, they just stay the same. And they're decent people, and they're nice, but you're like, okay, you're playing your sport now, so turn it up. And they're, and, and they do some, and this is what drives you crazy, they do some nights. And then you're like, that that's what you want. 
And then you go two weeks and you never, don't see it again. Yeah. And chances are, if you have like several years of a sample size of a certain behavior pattern or yeah. a certain uh, production, like that's pretty rare that it would, you can't change your launch angle in hockey, unlike baseball players. Oh, I'll change my launch angle when I'm 30. And now I hit 38 bombs. I'm oh, Logan Morrison to make a bunch of money. All right. Let's uh, look at the wild discussion that just broke out there. A little therapy session yeah. for Judd. Eric Stroll. Heck of a thing. Uh, okay, when uh, when Ian Rappaport has to leave your show early and you react in a certain way, we'll play that. And the NFL considering a rule change that's interesting. We'll wrap up with those things from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And they're off. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Based on the New York Times best-selling novel, don't miss the inspirational true story, same kind of different as me, now on Blu-ray, starring a critically acclaimed cast, including Renee Zellweger and Greg Kinnear. Get the film critics are calling powerful and inspiring. Own same kind of different as me on Blu-ray today. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures and enter to win your very own copy right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. The Vikings are going to make a strong push for Cousins. As Mike pointed out, he's not saying they're going to land him, but they have a great pitch to make two Cousins. Count the Jets and Broncos, among others, to go hard after Cousins. You like that? You like that? Ooh, interesting tweet from Kevin Seifert here. Great news. Um, the NFL Competition Committee appears to have a unanimous agreement that the controversial catch rulings involving Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson should have been ruled complete according to Giants owner John Mara. So the committee mm-hmm. meeting in, okay, this is uh, continued here. So are they saying that by rule they they're got gonna, it wrong or that they want to change the rule to gonna, make those they're catches? They're going to change the rule. It looks like the competition committee is going to change the rule to make those catches. Okay, so the committee is working on changing the rule to relax the going to the ground requirements. Yep. So it sounds like by the rule, and no one's disputing that by the rule, yeah, okay, I guess he's going to the ground it's incomplete. Right. Uh, it sounds like the owners and the competition committee or the rules committee agree with a lot of us, just fans watching the game that say, mm-hmm. I don't know what the rules say, but I think that should be a catch. Let's recraft or tweak the definition to make that a catch. And a tweet here, too, uh, from Mark Maskey, who covers the league for the Washington Post. The NFL competition committee is discussing the possibility of limiting defensive pass interference penalties to at most 15 yards. That's the one that we've been talking about and here I this last hour. I agree with that. Hmm. I think that's the smart play. No more Hail Mary passes towards the end zone that get called in this, you know, and then get put at the one-yard line on a 50-yard pass. This is, is a good rule. And I would I would argue, I think there's a case to be made that the, that, that the league itself cleared up the whole catch thing a little bit for, for the Super Bowl. And that's why that Eagles touchdown catch, which was very borderline, was called a catch. Yeah, I think they said, let's quit having these because it's so nuanced and became so difficult to predict. And and I think if that Eagles catch in the Super Bowl had happened in October, I think that's ruled incomplete because he didn't have complete control. And they said, we got to stop doing this. On the pass interference thing, so that's what college does. It's just a 15-yard penalty on a pass it's interference. Not a spot. Yes. If you throw a ball 50 yards down the field. Now, the, the comeback to that will be, well, I can just tackle a guy who's about to catch a winning touchdown pass or a big pass, and now instead of the ball being 50 yards further, it's only 15 yards further. That's a huge advantage for the defense mm-hmm. and incentive to get really handsy on a play where you think you're beat. You just grab a guy's arm and you save a touchdown mm-hmm. and you save a bunch of yardage. So that's going to be the comeback from from uh, offensive players. Oh, wait a second. That's a huge advantage for the defense. But I would say this, too. If you can't review a controversial pass interference call and slow it down and look more 
more objectively and just okay. Yes. Let's if 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 you're not going to open up subjective calls for review, then it's really hard to think you see something at full speed and then penalize a team 50 yards for something that might be phantom. Correct. That's what bothers me. I think that bothers me more than the alternative where it's a little hand fighting here and there and it's a huge play late in the game and now a team has the ball inside the 10 yard line. Yes. On I, something that was very borderline. I think this is the right step. I think both of, of these are clear up the catch rule which you have to do cuz it just got too damn confusing and don't make it so simple to throw a 50 yard bomb and get that as you just said at the at the 4, you know, if if it's from the 50 it's a lot more fair to go 15 yards than to go to the three yard line or something. Yeah, the catch rule thing that's that was so easy. I don't know what I don't know how they're going to change the exact definition, but you and I have gone through this a million times over the past couple months. Something that differentiates going to the ground from making a move while you're going to the ground. Because mm-hmm. if you can't give professional athletes like Antonio Brown enough credit, or let's use the guys in question here, a Des Bryant. If you're going to the ground and you also make a few moves and lunge with the ball in your grasp, there should be a way to write that in the rule book so that it's a catch. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of leeway there. You're going to the ground, but you did something, you know, maybe you did something to Calvin lunge jo- or to jump Calvin or whatever. Calvin Johnson put the ball down. Calvin Johnson was ruled, uh, and I think it was week one of that season against Chicago, mm-hmm. it was ruled incomplete because he essentially put the ball down. Yeah, it was super it was weird. Really he caught weird. it, he fell down, and then as he was... So he hit the ground and then was kind of rolling over and then used the ball to help himself get up, and yeah. the ball squirted out of his hand. But, but he caught it, went to the ground, rolled out of bounds, and then used the ball to get back up to celebrate. The catch was, the, com- the catch was complete. Oh, it was absurd, yes. And if that's not a catch, then it's really stupid. Yes. All right, uh, Dave, we need your help setting this up here. So the, Dave found this soundbite. Ian Rappaport, set this up for us. Ian Rappaport is always on his phone like Adam Schefter because he's Mr. He's Source Scoops guy, right? Yeah. And he made a, an appearance on a D.C. radio station. 106.7 The Fan. Chad Dukes is the host. Earlier in the day, Chad Dukes. I, I think they kind of go over this. Earlier in the day, this is an afternoon drive show, so like 1.30, 2 o'clock, whatever it was, they were going to tape a segment with uh, Rappaport. They were in the middle of that. He uh, said, "Oh, sorry, guys, I gotta, I gotta take a call. I gotta run. You know, source is calling me." So he just kind of dropped it at that point. They said, "Well, okay, we'll we'll do, we'll just do it live then. We'll do it live." Bill O'Reilly came in and said, "We'll do it live." And a few minutes into that, here's what happens. Ian Rappaport is my guest. I'm Chad Dukes, first board NFL Network, of course. Hold on, the sorry. Wait, wait, what did he just say? I still can't. Does he speak that English? Ian Rappaport is my guest. I'm Chad Dukes. Blah blah blah. Sports radio, yeah, sports radio. The animal blitz. Ian Rappaport is my guest. I'm Chad Dukes, first board NFL Network, of course. They'll provide exclusive. I'm sorry. I need to take this phone call. I apologize. That is the last time we have that son of a on this show. I swear to God. What a piece of garbage that guy is. That's twice he's done that. That's twice. And he sucked. And he sucked. He had no, he had absolutely no, God, I hate that guy. Here's here's the context. I'm not just trashing this guy for no reason. That that guy agreed to do an interview earlier today and came in early, whatever. I don't care. He's a big name. That's fine. And he was that energy level and he was that disengaged. And also, by the way, I don't know if you listen to that kind of condescending. Um, and he, in the middle of the interview, I, I've been doing radio interviews for 15 years now. In the middle of the interview said, I've got to put the phone down, put the phone down for four minutes, never picked it back up. 
Just a complete and total disrespectful douche. <laughs> and then to do that in the middle of a live interview after you've already screwed me once, go F yourself, dude. Whoa. You get stuff wrong all the time, and everybody knows it. Please, please tweet Ian Rappaport and say, Chad Dukes thinks you're a douche. <laughs> And he's going to start every show for the rest of the year saying Ian Rappaport is a douche because I am. If you can't commit to an interview, don't do it, stupid. Twice you boned me today. Whoa. Twice. <laughs> what a loser. You know how many guys there are that report on the NFL now? There's a billion. I have done 10 billion interviews. I can't even tell you how many interviews I've done. That's never happened. Chad Dukes. Hey, and it's Ian Rappaport. It was Kevin Hart. I'd be like, all right, Kevin Hart's the most famous. If it was The Rock, The Rock can do that. I guarantee he wouldn't. That's true. I bet that's true. You suck, dude. And you're going to hear this because someone's going to send you the podcast. And I'm guessing you're going to be mad at me. Take a look in the mirror and realize Maybe if you worked on that professionalism, you could be on Lock and Fora's level or Schefter's level what? or Peter King's level or Jay Glazer's level. You worked a little bit harder on being more professional. But quite frankly, I don't have time to find out. Good luck. Wow. Good luck with your life. And good luck knowing that Daniel Jeremiah knows more about football in his foreskin than you oh. know about in your whole body. <laughs> And that went on for about twenty minutes. Wait, if that's twenty, how, I'm on, if that part I'm on of your body, sheet here. if that part of your body knows that much about football, I don't want to. Yeah, think about how manly you would feel every time you step into the bathroom. I'm not gonna think about that. No, I'm not either. <laughs> Include me on team rap sheet, by the way. Really? Oh, I'm on team. They both suck. I'm oh. with Dave on this one. First of all, I, like if that was a really, if you're Rappaport in that spot and you agreed to do an interview. Is that source someone? Is is it? Is it like one of those movies where you have to be in the phone booth when the murderer calls, was, or like you're gonna get shot with a sniper rifle? It was a source calling just, back about the Jerry Jones being um, being told by the league that he has to pay the legal fees. So it's nothing. So that's what it was. Okay, but that's way over the top. But he's Chad Dukes. Hey, let's talk some sports. Put up your Dukes. Let's talk sports. Yeah. <laughs> have a fight. We should have him on tomorrow. I'm sure he'd be glad to come on with us. I'm good, actually, to not do that. <laughs> well, really pleased. Should we try to get Rappaport on how tomorrow? Rap him and Pelissero, buddies. Let's try to get Rappaport. How about, ra about Rappaport, yeah. And let's keep him on for like 25 yeah, minutes until one, he takes a call. Just one more thing, Ian. <laughs> Bye. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.